Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. This is your host, Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Jay Probs. And today, we're going to be diving into an episode of college football. And we're going to start off by telling you guys the game of the week this week is between number 10 Miami Hurricanes versus the UNC Tar Heels. They are number 17 in the nation. Yep. And then later on, we're going to be bringing on a guest picker which we will reveal later to talk about the game of the week and help us pick. But today we're going to start off with our first first segment, which would be Ohio State. Recently, we've learned that the Big Twen, 10, whoa, the Big 10 has set a conference game limit of 5. You have to play, I mean 6. You have to play 6 games. Ohio State played 5 and their game against Michigan, which would be their 6th game, got canceled. The Big 10 has decided to remove that rule, allowing Ohio State to play in the Big Ten Championship. Keep in mind, Ohio State gets the conference six million dollars if they make the conference, if they make the college football playoff, which right now they are currently holding the four seed. What do you guys have to think about Ohio State potentially getting pampered, or do you think this is the right move for the Big Ten to put their top dog in the to have a chance at the college football playoff? I think this is selfish, selfish, and selfish move by the Big Ten here. I clearly disagree with this. I wrote an article this week. Ohio State just got spoon-fed. I think they still had a great shot at making that four spot with or without the uh, conference championship. I, I, I completely hate this move for Ohio State. I completely hate it for the Big Ten. Their season, they only did it for Ohio State. Only. I just didn't agree with it at all. Well... I mean, this is the pandemic, right? So they have gotten games canceled. That's like totally usual during this crazy period. So it would make sense to change a couple rules that were meant for a regular season where you weren't getting games canceled because people had a thickness, a disease. And so, I mean, I think it makes full sense because Ohio State is clearly and has shown multiple times that they are the the best team in the Big Ten. And so they can prove it once more by playing this Big Ten and beating Indiana or whoever they play. I think they this was a smart move by Big Ten, in my opinion, because you're putting your best team, basically, in the position to succeed. I yeah, a potential matchup. Before, I, we I get in, before you guys get into it here, here we're going to hold on. <clears throat> the Big Ten will potentially have a matchup between Ohio State and Northwestern, who currently is the front runner on the other side. So you're mm-hmm. talking about giving an Ohio State another top 25 college football playoff opponent, and then you have A&M who's coming up behind them, and then you have Florida behind them, and then Iowa State. So we'll get into that later. Well, first, I have to say, what's your your main argument here is the pandemic. Do you have anything else to say? Regarding Ohio State, like if they didn't get these games canceled, they've also looking shaky. No, I mean, what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'll completely. Well, um, I think maybe they've been a little shaky, but like, can you blame them? You've ha- didn't have any like preseason time to um, practice, and then you only get five games to play. So, what do you really expect? Do you expect this team to be like? top-notch, on their game, running on all full cylinders? I don't think so, right? Like, that's just a logical expectation for this team. 
considering how many games and practices they've had to miss? Uh, well, all the other teams in college right now have had to deal with COVID-19 problems, but they are not getting um, <clears throat> a little adjustment to the rules, original rules for them to make the uh, CFP. So I, 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 I don't see reason why Big Ten. I, I, I see it. It's selfish. But at the same time, I don't see the logic in it. I don't. I, I don't. It's, it's Northwestern Indiana is still a good matchup. And I still think Ohio State's making the CFP with a 5-0 and record because, really, they haven't looked in the best lately. They did not look too good in the Indiana game. Justin Fields, he's playing pretty good, but it's the consistency. Will he be able to do that against Alabama or Clemson or Notre Dame? I, I don't know. I don't see it happening. And, like, that's what the college football um, people will look at, and they'll, they won't put Ohio State in the playoffs if they don't play a Big Ten game and they miss out on a marquee game against a top-20 team like Northwestern. And with a Northwestern who has a great defense, and this gives Ohio State a chance to shine and show, hey, we're really legit here. Um, we're not just a shoe in for the um, Big Ten. And so it's going to be – I think it's instrumental that Ohio State plays this Big Ten and – Obviously, this Big Ten championship, and obviously Big Ten knew that because they wouldn't have put them in otherwise if they knew it would affect their um, chances of getting into the um, playoffs. How yeah, corrupt, I, just, I, I just don't How, how I don't corrupt know. do you see this being in the Big Ten? You have $6 million on the line. Do you yeah. really expect them to take out their player? How cor- Do you think this has anything to do with the money at all? From a, from a fan, from a reporter, from a media, what do you have to say about that? Well, I think you're doing what's best for your um, for your uh, division because you want a Big Ten team in the playoffs, and right now Ohio State is your best chance of doing that. So you want to give them every single possibility to succeed, right? I wouldn't think so. I think uh, that, like I've been saying, this Ohio State team, I believe, will still make the CFP regardless if they played in that game or not. And who knows? They could lose to Northwestern, but most likely not. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I I really do think it was for the money. a selfish move by the Big Ten that I completely disagree with, but it's, it is how it is this year. It's 2020. Yeah. All right. You have this. Go ahead, Probs. Well, I mean, you're saying it's 2020, and so that's like a bunch of – circumstances and things have to be changed like we've seen that time and time again and so but but things were changed originally with the six game uh minimum minimum uh needed for the conference championship that was a change that was a rule that was changed needed so if ohio state can't make that because they had covid issues and then the team that they were playing against had covid issues that, that, that no see the thing is there that you can't do anything about the other team getting it, nor can you. Like I'd get if it was if it was the other team both times for Ohio State, mm-hmm. I maybe that I'll be a little bit more lenient. But Ohio State also had COVID issues, and if they're not following protocols, they're they're still getting rewarded for it. They're well, still getting rewarded for it, getting their cakewalk to the conference. You're you're expecting these college kids who want to live college life not to go out and to stay in their dorm rooms. And basically, do nothing except online school and playing video games. Like, what kind okay, of? But, yeah, is that? no, no, no. But okay, but do you, if if that's what it takes to win a championship, 
to get to well, a conference championship, that's what you have to do. If you want it that badly, that's what you're going to do. Do you think these kids should be sacrificing their freedom in exchange for a college championship? I think they should be allowed to at least show their chance in the Big Ten championship and show at least. I don't, I don't think they should get rewarded for doing the wrong thing here. Well, I don't know if they're doing the wrong thing, really. They're just like um, going through living normal life. There's, there's no um, state restrictions on them going anywhere. And unfortunately, they, they did get the COVID virus and it spread. So it's a matter that's really, if you think about it, it's really out of their hands, right? No, I think I, I completely think it, it's it's the will. Do you really want to win a championship or do you want to live your normal college life in a abnormal 2020 year? Well, I mean, like everyone has gotten COVID. Like look at Trevor Lawrence. He's the star quarterback. He wants to win the um Right, but, but his team his team made hit the conference championship because his backup won he lost a game but he did he did win one so his team made the college uh excuse me the the acc championship without him they the, the conference did not need to edit and change rules for clemson to make it they now have a good matchup with Notre dame well it's and in, in, in indiana played the uh, amount of games you needed to they put up a fight against ohio state northwestern played the amount of games you needed to ohio state did it but they're getting the rules changed because they are the top team in that conference so if, if you're getting rewarded for doing something that that if you're getting rewarded for getting your games canceled and having an excuse for not playing a conference championship i don't see i don't see i don't well, see why that's right and the other thing is you can't say it's wrong but in the nfl teams are getting fined for not following covid protocols if they're well, these are professionals who are supposed to follow this for their job which they are making millions of dollars for but how much are these second um, second string wide receivers making? Zero dollars. They're playing this because they want to have fun and they want to have a shot at the NFL. If they well, can't play games, they can't have a shot. Well, there's dude, solid solid points on both sides of this argument, and we could go all day. There is there is the two points I think stood out the most is one you can't keep college kids contained, and that is the fact of the matter. But there is another fault where you can't just be going to change the rules willy well, nilly. I think both sides have both points put across, I think, very well here. Let me just say one more thing. I think that this Big Ten championship should be the two best teams in the Big Ten, and I think that includes Ohio State. I think they're the best team in the Big Ten, so they should get a shot at playing in the championship game. Cash, do you have any last thoughts before we move into the next segment? No, I just think big whatever the Big Ten doing is doing right now is wrong. Ohio State didn't meet the requirements, but they get it changed for them. I completely disagree. Well, we have both sides to the argument, as always. We keep it 100% real here on Rewind That Tape. We're going to take a quick break before we dive into the next segment. We'll be right back with you. Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. We are just back from the break. And we are now joined by our guest picker, King Cheesy from TikTok, a.k.a. Tyler Wildermith. And how are you doing, Tyler? Doing good, man. I cannot complain. So Tyler will be joining us to talk about Miami versus UNC. And then after, we'll do our pick So we're going to start off with the Miami-UNC game. I mean, what do you guys have to say? Initial thoughts. We got De'Ara King. We got Sam Howell. 
Um, I mean, this is this is, looks like a great game coming up. Yeah, um, for sure. Like both quarterbacks are electric. Uh, Sam Howell is a guy that I've been high on since um, he beat Miami last year. To be honest with you, um, he was kind of like my sleeper pick for Heisman at the beginning of the year. Um, but UNC is um, running back. Like their running game has been dynamic this year. Um, but Sam Howell is a very highly sought after quarterback. He might be um, right now in the 2022 draft might be the number one quarterback prospect. Um, so it depends on who comes back, but he's got a very talented kid um, kind of has that chip on his shoulder. He kind of reminds you of a of Baker Mayfield. He almost looks like him too, but um, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the guy. And then you got on my side, the, the hurricanes, you got Derek King, um, who's just had a great year. I mean, other than the uh, Clemson game, um, I think over his last five games, he's got um, like 1,200 something yards, 14 touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, he single-handedly has won Miami about three games. Um, and so without him, Miami's record is probably not seven and one right now. Right. I, I really like Derek King. He's been uh, He's been solid thrown for over 2,000 yards, 64% completion. I like him. He's a versatile versatile quarterback. And personally, 2A. Right. I think uh, I think, I think this – he's been uh, getting in a groove with that deep ball lately. Um, him and Mike Harley seem to have a good connection. I think if they can connect on that deep ball against the UNC secondary, that hasn't been bad but really isn't the best. I think that they can ball out in uh, this game. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Go ahead, well, sorry. Yeah, no problem. Well, I was just going to say that this game, with all this electric offense, offenses, I think it's going to come down to the defenses and which team can really got, get that stop in the fourth quarter because we know this game is going to be close. So I think that's, that's where it's going to come down to, those fourth quarter stops and those clutch defensive plays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... totally agree. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, he hit the nail on the head on that. That's the thing I'll get into a little bit. I'll let the um, – I can't remember your name <laughs> uh, speak here in a second. But the defenses on both teams have been pretty suspect this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just about to get into that. I mean, both sides, we have we have pretty strong offenses. And then we have um, what I would consider mediocre defenses this year. Although Miami – does have the the turnovers that they get and then the popular turnover chain as we're all aware of i mean my question to you guys is is this a shootout waiting to happen i mean both sides it looks like it on paper but do you guys think the defenses step up in this game or do you think that the offenses will take it away well i'll go ahead and start off so i have not been a huge proponent of miami's defense play this year particular with blake baker um he just, to me, I feel like he's just kind of like a suspect coach, you know, because he has this bend, don't break defense that's kind of opposite of what Manny Diaz preaches on defense. And so I don't know what has been happening there. But the last couple games, um, Miami's defense has improved. Um, the Duke game, granted, I know it's Duke. Uh, Chase Bryce has had a horrible year. Um, Duke is really not that good. But that's the best I've seen us tackle in a while. Um, and I think our defensive line is athletic enough that we'll probably be able to get to how. Um, but my concern is the running game. I mean, 
UNC's got two dynamic running backs, and then they got um, dynamic receivers, and I think what's his name, Dommy Brown or something like that? Yeah, I think you're right. Can't, and so, like, Miami's secondary um, is, especially with Al Blades um, being out right now for the rest of the year, um, Miami's secondary has struggled at times. And so I, I personally do expect a shootout because I don't trust Miami's defense this year. Um, but I could be wrong. The defense has played good as of late. Um, but the thing is, North Carolina don't have a good defense either. So I think it's going to be one of those games to honestly whoever has the ball last right i i, I completely Miami. agree with you there i think though that an x factor for this miami defense if he can step up is bubba bolden yep. he has four forced fumbles this year an interception um a sack and i i think if if, if he can find a way just to av- av- make sam howell avoid throwing his way through that deep ball just keep my uh excuse me north carolina uh on these short gains and maybe get him off on the field uh, once in a while. I think that could be a huge factor in this game for me. I I, I really like I really I, I really think believe that this defense, Bubba Bolden, Amari Carter, they I I believe them as a secondary could step up and they could be huge factors. Yeah, I mean, you I agree. Bubba Bolden's been one of our best um, defenders all year. Um, he's been a good tackler as well, and so. He, he's, a, he's a little shaky in coverage at times, but, I mean, he's like a big safety. Um, he's like that – he's like a linebacker, essentially. I love right. the kid. He's got heart. Um, he, he I think he's the leader of our defense, him and Jalen Phillips. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if y'all have watched much of what Jalen Phillips does because his numbers don't, like, wow you, but he's getting double teamed a lot. He honestly gets hold on every call, and people are finally going to – are starting to see – why this guy was a higher recruit than Chase Young coming out of high school. And they even have him in some mock drafts going first round now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've seen a couple of plays, but, I mean, yeah, he, he's someone to def that offenses, all offenses, when they look at film, that they obviously focus on Jalen Phillips and try to contain him. And another thing I wanted to point out is going into this game, I think you, Miami just – they have that energy after losing the UNC last year. It was – they won six of their first ten and then ended this year on a three-game losing streak. But I think De'Aaron King just brings that extra juice and energy the Hurricanes need. And I think this could be a bit of a re- revenge game. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing that on the UNC side that we can't really count out is like Mac Brown, who's been a coach for a while now. And he's he's going to make sure that his team is prepared to the max. So... This defense is, well, we can expect it to come out, I mean, a lot better. I wouldn't say a lot better, but, like, at least slightly better, more improved, because Mac Brown knows this is a game that the Tar Heels need to win if they want to um, get a really good bowl game this year. Yeah, I look at it from the exact same perspective here. I mean, I think, it, I think Miami's doing great things, bringing up their team. I know... Both the players we talked about earlier in Phillips and Bubba are both juniors. They still have one more year to go. But Mac Brown is a veteran coach. He's been coaching a long time. He knows mm-hmm. what to do in these big games. And I think that will honestly give US UNC, excuse me, that will give them kind of like a mindset to like he'll yeah. drill it in them. He'll tell them like this is what's going on. But to give credit to Miami, they have Manny Diaz and 
he he's a pretty new coach and he's done pretty well in his first two years. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm going to direct this to cheesy, but that that's a pretty successful two first two years. Am I correct? Two years in, in the he's been he's been um, our coach for two years. His first the thing that I liked about Manny Diaz and that kind of got me back um, being a supporter of the guy was he accepted responsibility from last year's mistakes. He brought in an incompetent offense coordinator in Dan Enos who pretty much mm-hmm. he had to bamboozle him into the job because he was telling Manny that um, we're going to be fast on offense and stuff like that. Um, and we were running like an old – in my opinion, this is just my personal opinion, yeah. unless you're Alabama, you know, maybe LSU, um, Ohio State, a pro-style offense has no business in college football anymore. You see all these guys getting the ball out to the athletes in space, um, you know, no huddle. I mean, I love watching UCF play. That's the fastest team I've seen play just from a tempo perspective. And so what Manny Diaz has did um, has been a beautiful marriage with um, Rhett Lashley. He brought in an aggressive, you know, he, he will throw it if he has to. He'll run it down your throat if he has to. He wants you to line up and snap the ball, you know, get at least 80-plus games or 80-plus plays, excuse me, a game. Um, and it's been electric to see. And it's something that, as a Miami fan, I have just had a joy to watch because Miami finally has a good offense and they have a modern-day offense because the thing about Miami is they've always had dynamic athletes, but they always want to put them in a box. And so against defenses and stuff like that, it's easier to contain speed if you're, you know, lining up, you know, eye formation and tight jumbo sets. But when you when you have speed and you spread it out three or four wide, um, it really carves a knife into the defense. And so um, speed kills at the end of the day. Uh, and so I've been excited to see that. he's And so he's done a great job of that. Um, I don't like the Blake Baker guy. I really don't like him. I think Manny Diaz honestly should fire him. But Blake Baker, to defend him um, – like Miami's defensive stats, if you look at their defensive stats, you're like, man, they have a top defense, but it just doesn't look like a Miami defense mm-hmm. when Manny Diaz was the defense coordinator. Uh, so I'll give him some credit, um, but I don't know if he's going to be the guy for much longer um, because there's some there's some tremendous talent coming in on the defensive side of ball in the 2021 class that yeah. I just do not trust Blake Baker to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely so. agree there. What, sorry, Probs, but I'm going to go ahead right here. Um, I completely agree. I think the best game we've seen from a Miami defense, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, was the past game against Duke where they had, I believe, five turnovers, correct, in that game? Five turnovers, and this is a mind-blowing stat right here. This is the first Power 5 shutout win that Miami's had since 2001. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, that they tackled. They had their best tackling performance. Missed tackles has been a huge problem this year. They were aggressive. For, you know, five force um, turnovers is immaculate. Uh, it's pretty hard to lose a game if you force, you know, five turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. And so, yeah, this has been their best performance, uh, 100%. But, you know, I, I just – I have watched a lot of Miami football this year, and I just know that our bend-don't-break defense usually breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing I wanted to point out here is Miami, they, they didn't – I get it to Duke. They didn't allow a single point there. And if, if 
if I'm going to say one thing for this defense is that they have momentum. And they I, have momentum. Yeah, yep. For exactly. sure. For sure. Yeah. I think yeah. at the end of the Go. day, this comes down to two, like, high-powered offenses, really, with, like, super athletic kids on both sides of the ball, really. And so I think it's going to be basically – like I said before, the defenses, which team can kind of come up with that one stop that that can change the whole game, basically. Yeah, and before yeah. we move on, I'm just going to throw out a, a quick pick here. And you have Sam Howell and De'Ara King. We already touched on them. Both electric quarterbacks, both great players. Who throws more touchdown passes and by how many more? I'm going to start off with Prubs. What do you think on this one? Uh, well, I think they're both going to go for pretty high numbers. So I, I think it's going to actually be equal. I think they're both going to throw for four touchdowns this game. But yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Derek King simply because a lot of house touchdowns can be taken away from their run game. They have two great running backs like I touched on. Yeah. And so it wouldn't shock me, especially down like in the goal line or in the red zone, um, you know, they probably rush it in for a touchdown. Uh, whereas Miami, like our run game has improved this year, but it's, you know, it's not our best part. Derek King is pretty much our whole offense. I um, mean, we have talented running backs, um, but the offensive line has struggled still some. Uh, and so I think he's just put in a position to score much touchdowns, um, throwing the ball, but also he runs the ball as well. So, but if we're going just passing touchdowns, I think I'll give the slight edge to King simply because uh, North Carolina's running backs, they have great running backs. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think King wins this by uh, three touchdowns. I'll say King throws for five. Howell throws for Dang. two. I'm high on King in this game. <laughs> I think he will shine out in this primetime game yeah. for the Hurricanes. The kid has, other than the Clemson game, the kid has played well under lights, man. He really has. He, um, he's just a leader, and like the, he's been such a, a, he's been what Miami has needed—a leader on offense, and a like honestly, like he's probably the best Miami quarterback that I have seen in my lifetime. People are gonna say, well, what about Ken Dorsey? I was like, okay, Ken Dorsey was good, but we're, I'm talking about modern day college football. Miami's scoring, you know, they're averaging over 30 points a game for the first time like in a long, long time. Um, and D.R. King, he does it with his legs, too. He's just not like a pocket passer. You know, he can – he has game-breaking speed. And so, like, he has been what I've been wanting to be at Miami for years and years to come. And so, I think he's the best Miami quarterback that I've seen play. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's, I mean, yeah. He's, he's one that doesn't come uh, – he's, he's, he's rare, one-in-a-million kind of guy. Yeah, I yeah. I would like to – I would compare him to someone like Deshaun Watson or like Lamar Jackson, someone like that for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of a diamond in the rough for Miami too because he was at Houston. I think a lot of people sometimes might forget to point out he was there and he transferred over to Miami and Miami got a steal of a quarterback. I know most a lot of colleges didn't reach out and he chose Miami and Miami, I mean, look at them, top 10 team in the nation. Yeah. Before yeah. – er, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you're right about the diamond and rough thing. He took a bet on himself because people forget this, too, that he started over Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has a, is having a fantastic year, but Kyle Trask couldn't beat him out, you know. 
um, the kid, kid was electric in high school as well. And um, he, he took a bet on himself. He wanted to play quarterback. Other teams wanted to move him to receiver and stuff like that. And he throws the ball a whole lot better than I thought he did. Like when I was watching his Houston highlights, because I was like, man, I don't know if I want this guy, you know, he, he's, he's little. Um, and everybody's like, dude, he, he'll be great. And then once, once we got Rhett Lashley and then he came, I was like, okay, he, this is a perfect marriage because Rhett Lashley is going to utilize, uh, excuse me, he's going to utilize Derek King to his strengths. He's not going to, make him do anything that Dan Enos would do last year, expect a whole lot more. And so I, he's been a joy to watch and it's good to see him play, do this against power five competition. That's the thing people want to forget about too. Cause you play Houston or, the, you know, there's almost kind of like that stigma. Oh, you're, you know, you play in a mid major of the talents is not there. I'm granted the ACC is not one of the best conferences, but it's power five competition. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's the spark that Miami has been needing. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your points there. I mean, a- ACC, well, when you think about it now, it's turned into one of the top con- – I mean, if I know Notre Dame's in there, and that gives them the extra boost right now, but they still always have Clemson and a few other teams like Miami, UNC. Every now and then we see Virginia Tech, teams like that that are moving up and down sometimes in the rankings. So, I mean – he took a he took a chance exactly like Tyler said and 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 it paid off. He he was a leader. He was the guy they wanted, and now the, they were building a future out there in Miami. And this could be one of the one of the top teams in college football for the next few years for sure. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been it's been exciting. Last thing I'll touch on Miami before we have to move on or whatever. I'm gonna say one thing about North Carolina too. Um, this, like I said, this offense and everything has been exactly what I wanted to see for a long time coming. Um, but my, college football at its best is good when Miami is good. You know, it just brings yeah. some excitement back to the sport. You know what I'm saying? Because Miami, like, that's the thing about the U. It's a brand. You know, people recognize the brand. Um, and so you want those perennial powers. That's why, like, I hate what has happened in Tallahassee because, like, the ACC could benefit from a good Florida State team a good Miami team, a bright future in UNC, a good Virginia Tech team. Obviously, you got Clemson. And then if somehow, some way, Notre Dame, I know they're not going to stay in the conference, but if you stay in that conference, you're looking at one of the tougher conferences If those, when those teams are good. And then, like, NC State is having a quite good year, which Miami beat. Like, they're in the rankings, you know. And then yeah. Boston College has had some bright moments this year. Uh, so I like what things are looking for, like looking-wise in the ACC as far as the competition-wise. Um, and so that's what I'll say about Miami. And then for UNC's, man, I – because I I, put, I was obviously on the Miami side. Um, but UNC, man, easily – let's not discredit them or anything. They could easily win this ball game, like without a doubt. I think um, this is the team that has scared me the most on our schedule other than Clemson because I knew that it would be a challenge for our defense. Um, because, I mean, Miami let a backup quarterback um, and Hawkinson in uh, NC State throw all over him, run all over him. Um, they let Virginia run all over him and stuff like that. They've had some holes and some weaknesses on the defense, which I never thought would be a problem because the strength of Miami's team for the past few years um, under Mark Rick and then Manny Diaz has um, been the defense. That's always been our strength. And we just had no offense. And so UNC can easily win this game. 
And I mean, I think not only does Miami have a chip on their shoulder, but I think UNC has a chip on their shoulder too. And you look at them, they underperformed against uh, Notre Dame. You know, they've lost to Florida State. They've lost to, um, I think it was Virginia. Yeah, I think they lost to Virginia. They've lost games that they shouldn't have lost. I mean, maybe the Notre Dame game. And there was a lot of hype behind North Carolina this year. So I think, you know, they're probably like, that would make their year knowing that they knocked Because every time Miami plays somebody, Miami gets the team's best. Because if you knock off the U, man, like I said, it's a huge brand. And especially like if, UNC knocks off Miami and hurts Miami's chances of going to like a New Year's Six bowl game. They are going to love that. So I think they're going to come in ready to play. I'm excited for this matchup, but a little bit nervous. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's 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 been fun seeing Miami climb up the top 25 again. And yeah, I think if I think if they play well this game, show the committee that they're worth it. They can be in that in a New Year's Six spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Go ahead, Probs. Well, I was just going to add a side note. Like, yeah, it's going to be must-watch TV for sure. Like the game of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a few years ago, I think 2017, when Miami was undefeated and they were playing Notre Dame and they, they whooped them. And it was a college football game. My college football game, game day, I mean. Yeah, and it, it was absolute domination from Miami. And I remember that's when I started getting back into the whole the U brand, which which has I think it's almost back. It's not back to where you know the complete domination they had back in, but it it's coming back, and I think it's exciting to watch because it, it makes I, like Tyler said, I think it makes more people want to watch college football. Yeah, uh, we're gonna now go go ahead. The last thing I'll say is like, yeah, you're right, like. It's what college football needs. Like, college football needs Florida State to be good again as well. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next segment, which is our pick em. And we're going to just go through the games. Everybody's going to say their thoughts kind of, and then we're just going to keep moving with our last game, going to be our game of the week, which is Miami versus UNC. And we're going to start off with Kyle Trask in Florida going to take on LSU. What do you guys think here? We're going to start off with Prubs, then Dr. Cash, then Tyler. All right. Well, I mean, you know, LSU hasn't been the same. So this is should be an easy win for Florida, you know, strengthen their chances of making that last final spot in the playoffs. So I think this is an easy dub for Florida. Yeah, I'll go right along with you. They had a – LSU had a demoralizing loss against Alabama – 55 to 17, and I do not see it getting any easier going up against Kyle Trask and the Gators. I'm going Florida by a lot. Uh, yeah, so um, LSU hasn't had a good year at all. They just imposed that bowl ban, which it don't even matter. Um, and like you said, they got ex- they got obliterated by Alabama, and Florida has electric offense. So I expect more from Kyle Trask. Um, and so I'm pe- taking Florida. And then I'm going to say because he's been throwing tons of touchdowns for his run game has been pretty bad. I say he throws for five touchdowns. Yeah, it seems like a lot. But against the LSU defense that has been struggling, five just seems like a, it seems like a normal number in this game. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have Florida's across the board here because I I just don't see I just don't see it. LSU's just 
man, it's hard to watch that team, especially as of late. We're going to go ahead and move to Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Not great teams, but, you know, there could be an, a potential bragging rights here. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's in-state rivalry, um, of course. So each team is going to be playing their hardest. Um, but I have to go with Virginia here. You know, they're, they've, they've got a winning record to show. And, I mean, they just look like a decent team. They don't really have a running game, though, so I think that that could be one of the bigger issues that can bite them in the butt later on if Virginia Tech can take away their passing offense. I will go with the upset here with a Virginia Tech win. I'm saying if we can see that Virginia Tech team that made it close against uh, the Hurricanes with Hendon Hooker, I think that Virginia Tech can pull off this win against Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall is a very underrated coach. What he has done for that program uh, doesn't get talked about a lot. They played three different quarterbacks. One's like number 99 and then number 98, and then you got a guy who's number five. That don't make any sense to me. Um, And he's always had some trick plays up his sleeves. I I haven't watched much of Virginia since. Miami played them, um, but I'm going to go with Virginia on this one. I just like Bronco Mendenhall. I'm not sold on Justin Fuente, and Vir- Virginia Tech is just so inconsistent. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a Virginia Tech, one of their good games for them to win. It can't be a one of those Pittsburgh games that where they absolutely pooped it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with Tyler here. I mean, it's just too inconsistent to even think about picking Virginia Tech. So, for me, it's just going to have to be Virginia. Next up on the board is number 22, Oklahoma State versus Baylor. OSU coming off a loss to TCU in upset fashion. Yeah, I think here, um, Oklahoma State, their last few games haven't been so well. I believe they're one and three in their last four. And Baylor, they did make it close against Oklahoma. They hung in there. But uh, I think Oklahoma State takes care of business. Yeah, well, I mean, um, the Cowboys are coming off, like, a couple tough losses against TCU and also Texas. So, I mean, I can't really rule out the possibility of a Baylor win here. So I'm going to go have to go with OSU, though, because – um, they just are the better team right now. And even though they've got a little rough patch, I'm pretty sure they can get over that and beat the Bears. Yeah, guys, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State on this one too. I think mm-hmm. Spencer uh, Sanders is his name. Um, yeah. he, he's got heart, man. I watched that game against TCU, and he was like trying to hurdle over people and stuff like that. The kid's got heart, so I want them uh, to succeed. I don't really think Baylor's that good. Um Charlie Brewer has not been had a good year, uh, first-year head coach. Um, it, it sucks to see what happened after having a great year last year under Matt Rule, but, you know, Dave Aranda, I think he'll he'll get the job done for Baylor, but just it's not their year this year. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think we have Oklahoma State across the board. I mean, Baylor has shown flashes, but it's, it's just not enough, and Oklahoma State's had a disappointing year, but they've also had some injuries with 
Chuba Hubbard and some of the other guys that really make this team really a really great football team. So, but it's it's still it's still Baylor football and they they're good, but they're just not that good this year. We're going to move on to Rutgers versus Maryland. A Big 10 matchup. I'll go with yeah, uh, Maryland here. They've shown some flashes of hope in like like Baylor, this really isn't their year, but who knows where uh, Tulia Tagovailoa could take them next year. I'm going Maryland. Yeah, I think Tua's brother has shown a lot of promise in the last couple of games. He's He's been playing really well. So I think um, against a Rutgers team that shouldn't isn't um, at the best right now, sorry, so... And so I think Maryland can take advantage of that and really get an easy win here. Yeah, man. So I don't know, man. I'm torn on this one. I have watched uh, Tua's brother play, uh, Talila, um, and he's he's been electric for him. But the, his last game against Indiana, he struggled a lot. Granted, Indiana's a good team this year, but he struggled a lot. He didn't look like himself. So I'm, I hope to see him bounce back. But I'm going to just go out on a limb and I'm going to say Rutgers. I think Shiano is their guy, man. He, um, they are, didn't they beat somebody already this year that they weren't supposed to beat or something? I know they killed Nebraska, I think. Yeah, um, they, they, made, they beat Purdue, made it close against Michigan overtime battle. Yeah, and so Michigan's not that good either. But I think Shiano is going to, like, I'm not saying Rutgers is going to be a powerhouse or anything. But Shiano could easily win this game um, for Rutgers. I mean, they they will come out fired up to play. And so I think it, I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with Rutgers. That's a great pick. Great pick. I completely agree. I'm going with Rutgers in the upset. I mean, people forget about this team. They they had a few games where they, they made it close, especially on the first three quarters. For me, for them, it's about finishing. If they can finish, they'll be back. And so I think that – I mean, not I, when I say back, I'm not saying that once again that they're going to be like a top four team in the nation. I just think that they're going to be an a, a good better than they have been in the past. Yeah, they're, they're not going to be moving. a cakewalk anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we had a, a long streak of Rutgers football where they just lost, lost, lost. Like, and it, it, I feel like it was probably hard to watch. I mean, I'm not a huge Rutgers fan, but I can't imagine what it was like up there in Jersey. We're going to keep moving into number 14, Northwestern versus Illinois. Um, yeah, well, for me, I'm going with Northwestern for sure because they just have a much better defense, I think. And that defense, as well as a, a decent offense, I think that can really carry them against an Illinois team that hasn't been super good this season. So I, I'd have to take Northwestern here. Yeah, I'll follow along right with you. I'm going with Northwestern here. We saw a little bit of strength defensively from Illinois that first half against Iowa, but I don't think that's going to stop Northwestern going with the Wildcats. Yeah, I like what Lovey Smith has done at Illinois. Um, I know that they're not that good this year, but um, – they surprisingly recruit decently, but I'm going with Northwestern on this. I think their defense is just too good. Uh, and then they got an experienced quarterback in Ramsey. Uh, so I expect North- Northwestern to win this and, you know, continue- hopefully build some momentum um, for the Big Ten championship game. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I, I just, I think Northwestern's defense steps up here and, and they get an easy win. So for time constraints, we're going to go ahead and make a quick pick here. So just one word, who you got? Penn State, Michigan State. Give it over to Prubs. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'm taking Penn State. Bounce back game after a tough season, for sure. Yeah, I'll go ahead with Prubs there. Penn State, Nittany Lions. You're going Penn State, too. Don't like Mel Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I think... For me, it's going to be Michigan State. I think they continue their momentum, but we'll we'll have to see. That one should be interesting. We're going to move on to the Arizona State-Arizona game has already started, so we're going to keep going into number 16, Iowa versus Wisconsin, who has recently dropped out of the rankings. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin, they've had a kind of a tough patch, as you've seen, dropping out of the rankings. But I think they can really bounce back here. For sure, I think this can be a game that they could win against Iowa. So, yeah, I'm going with Wisconsin here. Yeah, I think I'll go with Wisconsin here in the upset as well. Iowa has looked pretty good. They've gone to the top 25, but I think Wisconsin, they, I think they just they'll, they'll have a fight in them to finish this season strong. Yeah, guys, I think I'm going to go with Wisconsin, too. I haven't been um, impressed with Graham Mertz's play recently, but I yeah, think he can bounce back against Iowa. I mean, the kid's a talented quarterback. People like are like, oh, man, he you know he struggles or whatever. He's a true freshman. He's starting for Wisconsin. And this, this year, honestly, it's just growing pains. It's a growing pain. I expect him to have a good year next year and, and uh, hopefully carry some momentum into next year because I think he's a talented kid and he can change – that Wisconsin's program because they really don't have good quarterbacks. They always have good running backs, but I, I'm expecting big things from them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for a young quarterback, it, it was a tough year, but that's going to happen when you're a young quarterback. And I also think Iowa is a bit too overrated. I'm not saying anything, but the chairman of the college football playoff committee is from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're going to keep. I'm going to go ahead and pick Wisconsin as well. I'm going to move on to number nine, Georgia, versus number 25, Missouri. Well, I mean, for this one, I'm going to have to take Georgia, and I think it's going to be a pretty big beatdown. Um, I hope we see a lot uh, more of JT Daniels because that, that young kid, I can't wait to see what he does with the Georgia team. That's That's pretty talented. Yeah, I think uh, I'll go ahead and go along with you here, Georgia. I, Missouri snuck into the top 25, but I don't see him getting past the Bulldogs. Yeah, Missouri's had like a kind of under-the-radar season. They they found a quarterback in Connor. I can't ever pronounce his last name. Sol <clears throat> solid guy. They got a solid running back. But George is going to be too much for him. I'm excited. Like you, um, I'm excited to see JT Daniels. I have been clamoring for JT Daniels to play because Georgia has always had talented receivers, talented tight ends, but mediocre C plus C minus quarterback play. And I think JT Daniels, if he comes back next year, that Georgia team's going to, you know, especially with some success this year, carry some momentum. That Georgia team could be a national championship contender. And I don't like Georgia, but JT Daniels in that offense could be scary. So I'm going Georgia. Yeah, Georgia is always – somehow some way always in the mix I mean that's just great coaching and I honestly think that's going to keep them 
up in this one, and I, I don't see Missouri getting very close. We're going to keep going to USC, number 15 in the rankings, versus UCLA in a little rivalry game. What you got, Prebs? Yeah, well, I think this USC offense has been doing pretty good with um, Keaton Slovis and their top um, wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think they just carry that success, and it's going to be a pretty nice night to watch the Trojans offense because I think they're going to be pretty explosive. Yeah, UCLA coming off of a win against Arizona, two wins in a row. Uh, I think they bring the energy that they need, but I think it's going to be a tight one, but I think USC squeezes it out. Yeah, I'm going USC too. UCLA has pretty much, from every game that I've seen, they've pretty much been in every game they've played. So I've seen improvement with that team. I just think that USC offense is going to be too electric. I mean, St. Brown had four touchdowns. Um, and a half, uh, and Keaton Slovis is starting to play better. Uh, so I expect them to c- carry some momentum. And I, I, if they beat UCLA pretty handedly, I hope the committee starts giving them respect um, mm-hmm. because they they have a talented team. It's good to see. It, like, college football needs a good USC team. So yeah, yeah, USC definitely one of the bigger histo- teams that have historical impact for sure in college football and. I agree. I think Slovis is, is a great quarterback, and I, I think that he will bring him up to a win. Now, the last game before we get into our game of the week is number 21, Colorado versus Utah. There's expected to be snow here tomorrow, so we could see this game potentially with the white field out there. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, well, both these teams have played like under five games, so it's going to be pretty rough. There's probably going to be a lot of mistakes and both quarterbacks have already thrown four interceptions in less than five games. So I'm going with Colorado. I just see them as a slightly better team, but we're going to see a lot of interceptions, fumbles, and a lot of miscues for sure in this game. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a low-scoring game, but yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado here. So I haven't watched Colorado or Utah play this year. So I have no idea um, who I'm going to pick. So I'm going to go Colorado, I guess, since they're ranked. I have nothing to base it off of. Um, the only thing I know about Utah is their quarterback's like Jake Bentley, and I don't think he's too good. So um, I'll go Colorado. <laughs> yeah, not much football here. He played on both sides, and I, I, I just think Colorado pulls it out. I mean, they're playing at home. Hopefully we see some snow out there. Make the game a little bit more exciting, yeah. And now the moment you guys have all been waiting for, the last game, game of the week, number 10, Miami Hurricanes taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are number 17. We got Sam Howell, we got De'Ara King, we got Mac Brown, we got Manny Diaz. Who do you guys think wins this game? Well, I'll start this one off. I'm taking the underdogs UNC to win this game. I mean, we had a whole session about it, so I'm just you guys can go rewatch that. So I'm just going with UNC right now. I'm going to go with the U Miami Hurricanes. I stated why I'm going with the completely dominant, great, great game from Derek King. You guys already know who I'm going for. I'm taking the <laughs> U on this one. I, like I said, I think it's going to be back and forth. We talked about this, but I think Derek King is just going to continue to have a great year. Um, 
and he's going to continue to earn some respect. And I think, you know, the U, like if they win this game, this is a big win for them. So um, it will look good in recruiting. They have a bad taste in their mouth last year, fourth and 17. Give it up to a true freshman. I'm going with the Canes, man. It's at home. They're wearing their Miami Knights uniforms, which um, I don't know if you guys have seen. Um, so they're going to be – that Hard Rock, has had, they have fans, but obviously it's not packed. Um, but the, the, as I think the fans that are going to show out are going to show out, and you will hear them, and I expect the U to win. Yeah, I think the U will put up a great performance, but I think Mac Jones gives UNC the extra edge late game for UNC to get the win. And before we end this episode, I just would like to add the simulator. The Rewind That Tape simulator has Miami in the win column by a score of 34-24. to 24. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back after the break. And we're back from the break on the Rewind That Tape podcast. This is Mr. Stromboli. Dr. Cash. Tape probs. And today, we're going to wrap up the episode with a little probs with the dubs. I'm going to hand it over to Jay Probs. Who's been taking dubs this week? Yeah. <laughs> you already know. So, this week, um, I know this whole episode was about college football, but one dub really just stuck out to me this, this whole week, and that was... Paul George getting the max extension from the Clippers. So the Clippers basically gave up their whole future for this guy. And he does not that well in the playoffs, to put it mildly. You can go check out all the memes on um, Instagram and social media to see how Pandemic P does it. But I think it's a dub for him because he gets to show he can hit more than the backboard in the playoffs. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait to see if this Clippers team can really um, do anything with Pandemic P and Kawhi um, to really dethrone the Lakers as the team in L.A. An absolute annihilation of Pandemic P to end this episode. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out our website, rewindthattape.com, for sports articles every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And make sure to check out our podcast. We post four times a week including Sunday, Sunday, Tuesday, and then we have a Thursday episode of Unwinding the Tape, a new series that we'd like you guys to check out, and then every Saturday. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.